of us have got different days tomorrow, individual settings and different lives. But I think that even though we're all individuals, we all kind of come back to some of the same questions in life. We all have the same simple questions that we have in life. For example, what is right and wrong? Okay, what is right and wrong? What is good and evil? We live in a day, and I was chatting about this this morning, where kind of morals seem to be gradually fading out a little bit, okay? Uh, whereas we used to kind of live by a very strict kind of morality, it seems to be gradually fading away, and our values are often getting a bit confused. And um, it, we're getting a bit confused, often because things are constantly changing in the world around us, and we're not really sure whether something is right or wrong anymore, or, or there's truth or, or what it is. And we're kind of trying to work out these big questions based on some very confusing values that we're kind of looking around for in life. And I think that these big questions are more important than ever um, because we kind of turned a little bit as a culture and a society into kind of what feels good is right rather than things being right or wrong. We kind of feel like, oh, it feels good, so I can probably do this thing. Um, sadly, many of the children that we're working with today, a lot of them are being raised without really an understanding of what those values are, what right and wrong is. Um, and it can be very, very difficult today. And uh, many of us honestly don't under know the difference between what really is right and wrong. Um, and most people are getting their values from two sources today. One is from friends. Ask people, is that right? Is that wrong? If I've upset you, then it's probably wrong and kind of working it out that way. The other way is just media in general. What we watch on TV, you know, what we see, what we um, hear that comes into our minds and what we're listening to day by day. We kind of create this idea and forms our views. And that is actually quite a frightening prospect. It's quite a frightening thought to think that most of our society generally kind of bases what they believe on what they see and hear around them. But it's really important that we have guidelines to live by. We need to know what is right, but what is true? What is truth? To keep ourselves safe, to protect ourselves, but also for happiness. And we'll be looking at how living actually by guidelines and living by truth actually brings happiness into our lives. It might sound like, oh, we're going to live by the rules, and then it sounds all a bit like we're not going to have any fun. But actually, the Bible says quite differently. And those guidelines for how to live our lives are found in the Bible, in God's word. And the more we get to know about the character and the nature of God, which we'll be looking at this evening, the more we understand um, about what it is to have this true morality and thinking about how that really comes from God. And he sets the standard and we just need to simply follow. It's quite simple. He says it and we just simply follow. Among the characteristics of God, now some of you um, will have been learning this. I know this is part of your I don't know if it's year seven or year eight or nine. I know it's part of the RS syllabus in schools um, where we learn uh, that God is omniscient. What does, does anyone know what omniscient means? God is all-knowing. Yeah, God is all-knowing. Okay, God is um, omnipresent. 
that makes sense, doesn't it? He's everywhere. He's all around. And these are words. If you, for those of you who are in year seven, learn these words now. You'll look great in your RS class, okay, in a few weeks' time. Okay? He's everywhere. He's, he's all around us. And omnipotent, which means that he's all-powerful. Okay, he's all powerful. We know that God is those things, but we've got some other characteristics that I would like to have a little look at this evening. I want us to have a look at them, consider them, and not only will it give us a better picture of God, but also it will give us a better understanding of the kind of things that we can be reflecting to those around us the things that we need to be reflecting, the character and nature of God to the people around us. Okay, so I'm going to start with a bit of a true or false quiz. Okay, so you just need to put your hand up if you think it's true. Okay, now I'm not really expecting you to know these, okay, because I didn't have a Scooby, so you can just, you know, take a guess. Okay, first of all, the black box in a plane is black. If you think that's true, put your hand up. A few of you got your hands up. The black box in a plane is black. Okay, it's actually false. It's orange, apparently. Why is it called? Does anyone know why it's called a black box? I don't know. Um, we need Dom here. Where's Dom when we need a moment like this? Um, okay, here you go. The unicorn, the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. Okay, who thinks that's true? True. Okay, it's the national animal of Scotland. Okay, it is true. Okay, so if you come from Scotland, okay, the national animal is a unicorn. How that is, I do not know, okay? Um, okay, number three, a lion's roar can be heard up to eight kilometers away. Okay, who thinks that's true? Ooh, lots of lots of truths in that one. Okay, just a few falses there. It is true. Yeah, brilliant, it is true. Okay, here you go. This is really going to test you. Cinderella was the first Disney princess. Who thinks that's true? Cinderella, first Disney princess. Just a few hands up. Okay, oh, a few more hands up. Barry thinks it's true there. Um, it is actually false. It was Snow White. Snow White. Yeah, Naomi knew that one. Well done. Okay, um, number five. An octopus has three hearts. Three hearts. Who thinks that's true? Okay, quite a lot of hands up for that. Yeah, it is true. It is true. Well done. Okay, spaghetto, spaghetto is the singular word for a piece of spaghetti. Okay, spaghetto is a singular word for a pink piece of spaghetti. Who thinks that's true? A few. Okay, it is actually true. Do you know that? <laughs> okay, it is true. Spaghetto. Okay, you might know this one. Bananas are curved because they grow upwards towards the sun. They bend upwards towards the sun. Who thinks that's true? It is true. Yes, it is true. Okay, do you want to be really true? This is a, a process called negative geotropism. Okay, whatever. It means that the fruit grows up to break through the canopy, apparently. There you go. Um, number eight. Fish cannot blink. Fish cannot blink. Is that true? Who's ever saw a blinking fish? Okay. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, they cannot blink, apparently. Okay, here you go. 
Ready for this one? In a deck of cards, the king has a mustache. <laughs> Eileen, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Some of you said true. Oh, no, it's false. It's false. Okay. Unless it's November. Okay. And he's doing the November. Um, okay. Finally, in English language, Matthew, I'm looking at you as an English teacher. There is no word that rhymes with orange. Is that true? Okay, it is true. And you are going to spend the rest of my talk this evening trying to work out if there's a word that rhymes with orange. Okay, there isn't. There isn't a word that rhymes with orange. Can anyone think of one? Jerry looks like he's trying hard. Is there one? No. Can you think of one? No. Orange, morange. No, there's nothing. I don't think there is. That's true. It's true. Anyway, there is no word. Anyway, well done. You did quite well at that. Quite well. You now know that a fish can't blink, that there's no moustache on the king, and that the unicorn is the animal of Scotland. So well done. Excellent. But it can be really hard. It can be really hard to work out true and false. Okay, those ones were hard, but in life it can be hard to work out what is true and what is false. But there is only one thing that we can be certain of. God is the one who is true. God is truth. He can't not be truth. God is true. God is truth, which means that he's the true God. It means that his knowledge, that his words, his promises are true. They can't not be true. God is truth. He is ultimate and absolute truth. In the book of um, Jeremiah, in the Bible, in uh, Jeremiah 10.10, it says, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God. He is the eternal King. And Jesus prayed in John 17, he prayed, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. God's knowledge and his wisdom is perfect. It's perfect. It's without flaw. It's without fault. It's out of, without a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. Okay, let me say that this evening. God doesn't make mistakes. Um, God is truth and he is the standard of truth and there is no other. How can we be sure? How can I say to you this evening from here that God is good? He's 100% good. He's good because he says he's good and his words are true. Okay, that's how we know he's good. And if we can't fathom that he's good, it's because our brains are so, um, our brains are finite. God's infinite. God is infinite. We can't grasp it all in our little brains. We may not always be able to understand what God does. We will have questions. We won't be able to understand it all. We may not understand why he does certain things, but the true bottom line is that God is truth. He is true. God is truth. Secondly, God is holy. He's a holy God. Last week, we looked at God speaking to Moses, if you remember, from that burning bush, and Moses making all those excuses. And God said to Moses when he was speaking to him, take off your shoes. Remove your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. This is holy ground. And not only is God true, but he's holy. And if there's one thing that is repeated time and time again throughout the Bible, it's the holiness of God. 
the holiness of God. Last week, we looked at the recommissioning of Moses. In the Bible, there's this passage about the commissioning of Isaiah, and it says this. Isaiah wrote, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Notice the seraphim, the angels, they didn't sing, Faithful, faithful, faithful. They didn't cry out, eternal, 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 or mighty, 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 even though we know that God is all of those things. It was more important to recognize the holiness of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Because God is holy, he hates sin. He can't look upon it. Proverbs 15 says the Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who, wait for it, pursue holiness. They pursue holiness. And then the prophet Habakkuk says this of God, but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. I'm sure if we were to ask the question this evening, what is the one thing you really want out of life? Now, some of us might say money or a bigger house or something, but ultimately... The one thing we all want is to be happy. We all want happiness. That's what we really all want. Well, we see all through the Bible that happiness is connected, goes hand in hand with holiness. Happiness and holiness are connected. We find that happiness is not something that we should just go after and seek outright. We shouldn't just seek to be happy. But what we should pursue is holiness. We seek holiness. Happiness comes from holiness. The Bible tells us how to find and how to maintain holiness. And as a result, we have happiness. In Psalm 119, verses 1 to 3, they tell us if we want to have holiness in our life, if we want to be holy, then we have to live an uncompromised life. So this is what it says. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord, who follow what God is asking of them. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him. Are we searching for God with all of our hearts? Seeking God with all of our hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his path. They walk only in his paths. You know, from the very beginning, when we have children, all of us have been a baby. That's not a shock to us. We've all been a baby at some point, okay? And we learn the importance of walking, okay? Walking is one of those milestones that parents look for, okay? Your baby kind of starts to roll a bit, and you go, oh, 
baby's rolling a bit and moving a bit and then they start to crawl. My children never crawled, they bum shuffled, but whatever they do, okay, they move, okay? And uh, walking, sorry, Joe, I'll use you as an example. Walking's an important milestone. Freya was up and walking around really quickly. Joe was like a lump on a log, okay? We had to wait like two years before Joe moved, all right? And he didn't do anything. He just sat there, sat there looking at us and I was like, this child's never going to walk. Then one day he just got up in the middle of the lounge and walked and got something and I was like, he can walk all along. He's been kidding us all along. Anyway, that's uh, the way it worked for our children. But you're really excited. You're really excited when they take their first steps and they're kind of holding on, doing that wobbly thing and then off they go. And it's a really exciting time. Why? Because walking speaks of progression. It's a progress. You know, they pro, you're, you're looking at your child and you're thinking they're progressing well. They're growing as they should be. They're moving forward as opposed to simply sitting still and just sitting there doing nothing, really. They're progressing. And if we want to be truly happy and holy people, then we don't only need to avoid what we know is wrong, but we have to do what we know is right. We can't just avoid the things that are wrong, but we actually have to follow what we know is right. For example, the Bible tells us, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts, but it also says, instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So whilst it's saying, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. It's also telling us what we need to do, what we need to pursue, faithfulness and righteous living. So it, it always gives us a way of how we can live and the way to follow. If we want to be holy and happy as a result, then we actively need to walk in the way that God is calling us. However, there is a however, we of ourselves will never be able to be good enough of ourselves to be able to meet God's perfect standard. We can't do it ourselves for that reason. That is the reason why Jesus died on the cross. That is why it was necessary for Jesus to die for each one of us. In our best efforts, we will never be able to bridge the gap that separates us from the God who loves us. We cannot do it on our own. Therefore, God reached down to us and he sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we can have that relationship with a holy God. Jesus on the cross, he cried, Eli, Eli, lama, lama shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And many believe that was the moment, that was the moment when all of the sin of the world was placed on Jesus and God had to look away because he couldn't look upon um, all of the sin of the world. He's just too pure and too holy. He essentially turned his eyes away in that moment as Jesus took all of our sin upon himself. Jesus was forsaken so that we can be forgiven. And as I said this morning at the 9.30 uh, get together this morning, in that moment when Jesus hung on that cross for each one of us, every single one of us 
here, not only this evening, but every single one of us in the entire world, our name was in his thoughts. He was thinking of each one of us. He was thinking of Chrissy as he hung on that cross. Jesus died so that I might know forgiveness. He entered that darkness so that I could live in light forever. There was no other way. There was no other way for us to be forgiven and have eternal life apart from God sending Jesus for us. And finally this evening, God is righteous. He's true. He's holy and he's righteous. Not only um, is he amazing, the truth and, and the holiness, but he's righteous. God is morally right. Holiness describes his character, while righteousness and justice describes how he deals with us. How he deals with us. David wrote, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. He loves righteousness. In the Old Testament, um, in the book of Exodus, we read a story about a pharaoh, and um, he rebelled against God. He went against what God wanted. He hardened his heart to what God was asking him, and he held God's people, even though he knew that he had been instructed to let them go. He held them, and as a result, we um, know the story. All these plagues came. God sent all of these plagues um, until eventually Pharaoh released the Israelites, and it said, he said this, Pharaoh said, the Lord is righteous, and my people and I, we are wicked. God is righteous. He's righteous. We know he's omnipotent, all-powerful. If he were all-powerful, without being righteous, he would just be like some heavenly tyrant doing exactly what he wanted, had all this power, and wasn't making the right decisions. He could do what he wanted. And if he were righteous without being powerful, he couldn't do bring justice to the earth. But the good news is that God is all-powerful and he is righteous. He can do whatever he wants. God can do whatever he wants. But the incredible thing is that he always does the right thing. He always does the right thing. So what does this mean for each one of us this evening? What does this mean for me, sat here tonight, when we look at the character and nature of God, we see these three things. God is truth, he's holy, and he's righteous. And those characteristics give us the guidelines in which to live our lives, pursuing truth, pursuing truth, pursuing holiness, and pursuing righteousness. And I'm going to ask the band to come up because I really believe there's some challenges to us this evening um, that I would really like us to respond to tonight. I don't think that God ever opens his word without us having a response, something that we need to really uh, cha a challenge for us to take home. I think there's a challenge in each area, really, this evening. Firstly... As we're just quiet, maybe we could just close our eyes. If you're able to close your eyes, then we just get rid of all the distractions around us. That's all it does. It doesn't make it a holier moment. It just means that we get rid of distraction. Firstly, I think 
there might be times when we're being asked to be a voice of truth. Now, that might be a struggle. There might even be a situation that you're facing that you know you have to speak words of truth. And we want to pray that the Holy Spirit would give you courage tonight. Secondly, among in still thinking about truth, are there areas of our lives where we've been living untruthfully with people around us? It might be as simple as, or as big as, I'm at school and people don't know I, I love Jesus that's really hard to say or it might be something much bigger that we need to just bring before God are there some areas of our lives that we need to ask forgiveness for and just put ourselves back on the path of holiness and say God this evening I just want to pursue holiness And finally, I think there's some people here who need the wisdom tonight to make the right decisions. There's some choices you're facing and you just need the wisdom to make the right decisions. And in a moment, we're going to pray and I'm going to invite the enabling team who are happy to pray with us. I'm going to ask them to come and pray with us. But I just want to remind us of this verse again that I read while I was speaking. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Enjoy the companionship. And tonight this is a safe place. You're with friends who also want to pursue God and encourage you on your journey. We want to encourage one another. That's what our gatherings are about building one another up, encouraging one another.